0: Our first reading this morning comes from the book of Psalm, and it is Psalm 34, verses 1 through 8. Friends, let us listen now for a word from God. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened. Their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles." The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and deliver them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trust in him. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: second reading today comes from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, beginning with verse 25. Let us continue listening now for a word from God. Therefore, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to then share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, all rage and anger, all brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Friends, this too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's sermon is titled The Great Therefore. Will you join me in prayer? Good and gracious God, send your spirit once more that the song of your love would fill our hearts, would fill our minds, would fill our very souls until they overflow. Indeed, O God, we pray that through your Spirit, the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts gathered here in your sight would be pleasing and glorifying to you. For you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, I, um, I don't know if Will Campbell liked bluegrass music. You all know Will Campbell? Will was born into a tight-knit family in rural southern Mississippi. I thought it was Amite County, but some Mississippians were at the 830 service, and they corrected me and said it's Amit County, I think, or Amit County. Amen. All right. Oh, in the back. Marty knows, he's from Mississippi. Way south, right along the Louisiana border. 1924 is when he was born. Father was a farmer, grew up going to a small country church where the Pew Bibles were still emblazoned with the KKK logo, if you can believe it. He was ordained at the age of 17 in the Baptist tradition. And somewhat paradoxically, given his time and place and history, he went on to become this major player in the civil rights movement. First, as the director of religious life at the Ole Miss, University of Mississippi. His first week on the job was the first week of integration at Ole Miss. And then later, through the 1960s, he was a field officer in Nashville for the National Council. Of churches, and he writes in his autobiography, Brother to a Dragonfly, an incredible book. He writes about how the entire trajectory of his life was really set into motion on the day he was baptized as a young boy in the East Fork River. His parents, they bought him a new suit out of the Sears and Roebuck catalog, and Will and his older brother, Joe, a self-described youthful skeptic, went down to the riverbanks that day. And as Joe in particular watched as person after person was immersed and baptized there in the water of the river, his sense of alarm grew until he slid down the muddy bank and he grabbed Will by the shoulders and he said, Will, dear God, don't let them do this to you. Will, a man could be killed doing this. Will Campbell later reflected that, you know, it took me 30 years, it took me 30 years to realize that that, that was precisely the point. You know, anytime I lead a Bible study, I often find myself stopping and pointing out whenever we come across the word therefore. You all notice the first word of our reading from Ephesians today is what? Therefore. Right. Anytime you come across that word, it's usually trying to sell you, pay attention to what comes after. And it's not just this passage. In fact, if you step back and you read the whole of Ephesians, which isn't that long of a book, you might come to the conclusion I have, which is that Ephesians itself is just one big therefore. It might more aptly be named the epistle of therefore, even. Because the audience that this letter is being addressed to are people who have come from this predominantly pagan culture and background. These are not people who have ever heard much about this Yahweh, the God of the Jewish faith, the God of our faith. They're brand new to the Christian life and so the author of Ephesians is trying to explain to them how in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus something tectonic has happened something has shifted in world history something has shifted in the history of their lives because now they they have all suddenly been included into God's family And so the author here, he wants them to begin to think about, to reflect on what that shift means for their lives. How this new reality in the wake of the life and ministry and death and resurrection of Jesus, how that should now be reflected in their present conduct. I don't know what the Pew Bibles label this section as, but in my study Bible, the section that these verses are housed in is simply labeled the new life. The author here wants the audience, wants all of us to reflect on what our lives should be like. How our lives, it might be better said, are made new in the reality of Jesus Christ. You know, I read an interview once with Jimmy Carter in the Christian century where the question was posed to him, if you had one last Sunday school to teach, do you all know Jimmy? He teaches Sunday school basically every Sunday. I don't know if he's doing it now, but up until relatively recently, anyone could show up at their church there in Plains and the Secret Service would wand you and then you could go into the room and you could sit there for Jimmy's Sunday school lesson. The question the interviewer asked was, if you had one last Sunday school class to teach, Jimmy, what would you teach it on? You know what he said? Ephesians chapter 4, specifically verse 32, where it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave He said that that's the verse that he would want to teach his final lesson on because it's this passage that reminds him and reminds us that true faith, true faith is much more verb than now. The question for us is not where you go to church. It's whether or not anyone can tell you've been to church. Right? Jimmy thinks of this passage because it's precisely because of what God has done for us and Jesus Christ. That God has swept all of us up in God's family. That Christians must live, quite literally, on the right side of that therefore. It took him 30 years, Will Carter said, Will Campbell rather, to recognize that that is precisely The point. You see, the new life that Will was baptized into got him into an awful lot of hot water. But it wasn't necessarily just from the folks you might expect. Early in his life, there on the campus of Ole Miss, and then with the National Council of Churches, a lot of the hate came towards him from people who just couldn't wrap their mind around people of different backgrounds and races doing much of anything. Together, But what's interesting is later in Will's life, a lot of the hate that was directed towards him came from the exact opposite end of the spectrum. Will Campbell, later in his years, he began to befriend active members of the KKK and minister to them. He even went and visited James Earl Ray in federal prison. You see, he took the therefore Quite literally. Namely for Will Campbell, if the gospel is true, if what we're talking about here every week, if it's true, if God's love is really actually big enough to include even him. Ask me afterwards what Will Campbell's definition of a Christian is in 10 words or less. There's younger ears here, so I won't say it now. But it makes the point that if God's love is big enough to even include the likes of him, then how could he possibly live a life that demonizes or excludes anyone? Didn't necessarily mean that he condoned every belief, but by God, he loved every person. See, friends, Jesus Christ is the great therefore, both of our world, but also of our lives. On the left side of that therefore are all the things we're called to leave behind. All of those adjectives sprinkled throughout this reading. Falsehood, anger, unwholesome talk, bitterness, malice. But on the other side of that therefore, there's only one way to live. To walk in the way of love. So the question, of course, for us becomes, does your life, does our life, our church, our community here together, does it reflect which side of the therefore we live on? Right? Can people tell that we are followers of the way and the way that we treat others? Can people tell which side of the therefore we live on based on how we direct our time and our talent and our monies? You know, Bob Brearley always loved to say, you can tell a lot about a person's priorities by just flipping through their checkbook. I guess the more contemporary version of that would be scrolling through someone's online banking, right? Can people tell which side of the therefore we live on based on the way that we divvy up the hours, the precious hours of our each day? Listen, I don't know if you enjoy bluegrass music. Some of you may have stumbled in here today, saw the instruments and thought, oh God, why me I always think of Aaron's grandmother. Anytime she would get in the car with us and I would have bluegrass on because I love bluegrass, she would say, Oh Lord, what is this twang? (laughs) Right? I don't know if you enjoy bluegrass music, and frankly, I don't really care. (laughs) But what I hope and what I pray is that today you might leave with a little of the gospel ringing in your ears. The gospel that Will Campbell heard and and felt there in the waters of the East Fork River. The gospel that invites all of us to practice a faith that is much more verb than it is now. The gospel that quite literally invites us into an entirely new life. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, to live a life that exists on the right side of God's great therefore is precisely the point. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.